thanks Neil a few weeks ago. He went and tackled a few of those really wonderful Old Testament scriptures about tithing and put them in their right context and then did a good little conversation about transitioning from relationship with God out of law and into the new covenant that we experience in Jesus. And that has to do with our finance as well. And so um, just wanted to say, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, you might go back and have a, uh, a watch on YouTube, Pine Rivers Vineyard YouTube channel or the um, SoundCloud where you can get the audio podcast and have a listen to it. Good teaching. One of the things that Neil did was he took some of those you know, scriptures, if we've grown up perhaps potentially in a bit more of a Pentecostal culture, we may have been told, you know, unless we're tithing, we're robbing God and all of this. And Neil took those scriptures and, and contextualized them, put them in their right place. And then out of that, we were able to listen to how that applies for us today. And so um, I just want to say thanks for that, Neil. Those, those little scriptures can be a little bit tricky to stumble our way through. And, but you did a great job, so thank you for that, mate. Today, I do, and, and one of the things Neil said was his job was to bring the full stop. I'm just going to start the next sentence, if that's all right, mate. <laughs> you did such a good job on the full stop. Hey, let's, uh, this morning, I do want to just kind of round off this little bit of conversation that we've been having around God's generosity and his kingdom in our lives. And often we can drill it down and make it all just about the money conversation. And I just want to broaden that back out again today and to say that when we're living in the generosity of God, when we're walking in the kingdom of God in relationship with him, it is way, way bigger than our pay packet. It is huge, this thing called the kingdom of God that we're invited into. And there's this whole thing of like, gosh, when God's got 100% of our heart, what is even ten, a 10% conversation about with regards to money? It seems so minuscule in the face of the generosity of God towards us and what he's inviting us to truly live. Uh, next slide, thanks, Jake. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Nicole and I managed to grab 48 hours um, of, um, of some devotional rest at a place called um, Ravensbourne. Yeah, Ravensbourne, yeah, that's it. And it's just over, it's not far from here, it's kind of between Esk and Toowoomba, if you've ever driven out that way. And um, Ravensbourne is probably closer to Toowoomba, it's only about 20 minutes but anyway, the picture on the left there, you'll see the little chair. Um, it was four degrees. It was a beautiful morning. And I was sitting there having a cup of coffee and talking to the Lord. And the view um, on the left there is actually looking, um, it, it's quite elevated. And you can see right in the distance, if you've got some good glasses on, right in the very distance in the center of the screen are the Glasshouse Mountains. And it's looking right over, though, the whole of the Lockyer Valley, all the way to the Sunshine Coast. It was just an absolutely spectacular view. And just sitting there and allowing the bigness of all of that and the stillness just began to wash over me. The view was absolutely stunning. It was majestic. It was beautiful. It was quiet. It was at the same time, full of volume. The creation itself was making a lot of volume. 
And I just took a really, a series of really deep breaths. You know how sometimes it's good to just stop and take a deep breath. I took a few deep breaths and in that moment I had what I believe was God's tender voice speaking to me. As I was looking at all of this and taking it all in, he said to me these words. He said, Kirk, I've got all of this and it flows from my heart and it rests in my hands. And by the way, I've got all of you and you flow from my heart and you rest in my hands. Well, I didn't want to leave that space. I just wanted to sit there for a long time and just squeeze everything I could out of that moment with the Lord. And the picture on the right, again, it's, an, it's another hill nearby where we went for a, a bit of a, um, a bush walk and then up on this hill, again, the expanse and the, my simple photography can't really do justice to just how big and how great and how wonderful this little bit of creation is. And as I was taking all of that in and the Lord speaking to me about just how big he is and how he holds all of this together, it was in, a mo- it was in that moment that all of a sudden everything that was weighty, weighing, concerning, um, breeding anxiety, um, things that were beyond my control, that I was wrestling for control of, guilt, shame, sin, relationship breakdowns, all, and all the faces and names, just everything that was weighty and weighing and concerning and anxious, build, anxiety building, all of a sudden, it just lifted off. Just all lifted off in the, in the presence of God. He was so very kind to me in that moment. And we're going to pick up in Matthew's Gospel. And if you can go to the next slide, thanks, Jake. We're going to really zero in on these words of Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. So if you've got your Bible, you might want to open it up to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is on the hillside and he's, he's talking to a whole bunch of people who are interested in living this into, living into this new kingdom life of God that Jesus is teaching, where he's reaching into the old and he's bringing new understanding to it in relationship to himself. And, and it's a very, Jesus gets very practical And he asks lots of questions in this conversation that we're going to read about today. And we're going to kind of dart through the, the, you know, the, through it all. But at the end of it, today, it's our prayer that when it comes to living in the generosity of God, we can only do so when we have chosen to enter into what Jesus' invitation is where we shift, where we intentionally shift our lives from being worry-focused to kingdom-centered and flowing out of the heart of God, where he says, I got all this and it's flowing out of my heart and it's resting in my hands, where we move into that space. So let's pick it up, Matthew chapter 6, 
verse 25. I'm going to go to the next, oh, sorry. If we go to the next slide, just as a little precursor uh, to reading this, because the very first sentence here in verse 25 says, therefore, and I was always taught to ask this question, therefore is therefore, ask that question. Why is the therefore therefore? And so if you just go back one verse, in verse 24, Jesus says, therefore, uh, he says, I, you know, therefore I tell you, you cannot serve both God and money. So that's, the, that's been the conversation. That's what Jesus is saying. He's really exposing the heart of the heart of the matter. And, he, and he's put that out there. And now he's saying, therefore, if, you've, if you're going to resolve that question, therefore, here's the, here's the outworkings. So let's go um, to the next slide. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jake. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How, and are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labour or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well, given to you as well. Therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So you could probably phrase this, I mean, on the next slide, thanks, mate. Jake, I've I've kind of called it the establishment of kingdom generosity. But you could actually, on the flip side of the coin, call this Jesus' strategy to abolish worry and anxiety that's the flip side of the conversation that's going on at the same time as Jesus is inviting you and me into a new life so there's five things that Jesus punches into life and food the body and clothes he says there's something uniquely distinct there's a heart of the matter today's got enough challenge and future certainty he punches into all of these spaces in a very short little conversation. And we're going to quickly touch through those this morning. Life and food. If the created order 
testifies, if sitting there on the side of the hill at Ravensbourne testifies, tells a story of a God who has eternal power, divine character and intricate concern and care, then surely as Jesus brings that God to us, we can too also learn to trust God for caring after our daily needs. Remember back to the story. You've got to flick back to the story of the Exodus account. Remember how God leads people out from their imprisonment and out of Egypt and into the journey of life on the kingdom, in the kingdom with him as king. And what does he do? He knows what they need and he gives them daily provision. And in fact, he says, take everything that you need for today. To some a little, to, lo- to others a lot. Don't take what you, you don't need, but take what you do need. And God will care for you and tomorrow there'll be more. And so this is Jesus is taking that understanding and reapplying it again. He's saying, have a look at the birds of the air. They're cared for. It's a simple illustration, but a punchy truth. Those birds are looked after, you know, the ones that, and I know summer is coming and they will be up at 3.30, 4am squawking out the back of my house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no, I don't look convincing when I say that, do I? <laughs> but they, they seem to be chipper in the morning. They seem to be cared for. They seem to be well looked after. And they don't seem to have huge barns and garages full of stuff. And God looks after them. Jesus, I mean, Jesus is um, pretty clever the way he teaches, isn't he? He takes these little simple realities and actually reflects them back onto just the absurdity of who we think we are and how we've got it all in control. And he says, actually, take another look. If, you, if, if God can care for that little bird, if God can care for all those birds, even those plovers that come flying after you when you're walking the dog every morning, if God can take, as you're looking from Ravensbourne out over the Lockyer Valley all the way to the Sunshine Coast, if God can care for all of his creation in those birds as you take time to look at one, surely he cares for you. Surely he cares for me. Surely he cares for us. They do work, those birds. They have to go and find a bit of food each day. But they trust, obviously, in the ecology of all things that there's going to be something there to eat. Do we... Trust that there's going to be provision for us. They don't sit there, unless they're little baby birds, they sit there in the nest and they wait for the parent birds to come and bring some food to them. But the rest of them, they're not sitting there waiting like, okay, God, just drop a value meal down here for me today. That'd be great. I'll just wait here for you to deliver. No, no, they, they go about their day. They go about their life. And in the journey of that, provision is there. 
partnering with God. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Man, I could feel the anxiety rise this week when there was even just a simple mention in the media that they're contemplating a conversation around possibly... This is just a conversation. It's not even like legitimate anywhere. It's just hearsay. Possibly there might be a conversation now that we're going to have to be forced to put some of our superannuation aside for our aged care for when we get older. Hang on a minute. You could hear everyone, the hackles rise. It's like, get your hands off our money. There was pushback in the media and it was only just a conversation. Everyone's anxious about their little storehouses. But if God cares for his creation, we need to ask ourselves, do we realise that he cares for us? That he's busy thinking about our well-being? And Jesus asks that question, are we not much more valuable to God than a bird? Well, actually, yes. Yes, yes we are, because if you go back and look at the created order story of things, the highest point of God's created order is humanity. Because humanity holds his glory, reflects it into the earth, and then brings the praises of the earth and reflects it back to God. No one else does that. That's the highest calling of humanity. So yes, we are much more valuable than the birds of the air to God. You are much more valuable than the birds of the air to God. You see, at the root of most worry, there's this niggling belief structure that says God does care, but maybe not enough. Oh, yes, I'll trust you for the evidence of your goodness. All over my life, Lord, all over my life. I'll trust you for the evidence of your goodness, but can I trust you? Can I truly trust you in my daily living? For the follower of Jesus, for the friend of God, for the child of God, our faith is empowered. When we come into this revelation that God is our Father, even as he is the creator that cares for the birds, So our Father cares for you and for me. To enter into the generosity of God, we truly need to understand He loves us. He is for us. And Jesus is saying, to understand that, simply look at the birds. Next one, thanks, uh, Jake. Body and clothing. Body and clothing. Now, Jesus, you know, he's, he's, he's actually here now really driving home the point. Because birds of the air, they partner with God for their provision. But the flowers of the earth, Jesus says, they don't do a zot. They don't toil or spin. They don't work a zot. They simply come alive because of the Creator. And he uses this great illustration. He says, 
God dresses all of the creation with his care and you can see it in the wild flowers. I got sort of, I didn't see any flowers from where I was sitting at Ravensbourne, but I was struck by just the, just all of the beauty of the forestry and the greenery that I was looking at between here and the Sunshine Coast. Wildflowers are what Jesus points out to drive his point home that if God cares enough to dress creation, how much more important are you to him? How much more will he not also clothe you and me? Give us what we need. Now, um, it's, and he also talks there about King Solomon. He uses this, he says, even Solomon dressed in all of his extravagance wasn't any a dot on what God was doing with dressing creation with these wild flowers. Now, for those of you who may not know, Solomon, King Solomon, Israel's most extravagant monarch. Extravagant. Loads of brokenness, but at the same time, like packets of wisdom. Like, it's sort of hard to look at the one bloke and go, how can someone be so broken and yet so wise? Well, that's just the way it rolls in the kingdom of God. God works with who we are. But Solomon was dressed in all his glory, and it's a bit hard to imagine. We don't really have any sort of pictorial evidence, and so the best thing I could do was this morning was to grab a picture of something that's current. And if we can go to the next slide, thanks, Jake. If we just have a look on the right there, King Charles, monarch, was um, crowned. Um, king, only just recently, and you can see there the elaborate nature of what Charles has got on there. Fine, fine clothing. The tapestry, the texture, the gold, the jewels, the crown, just the extravagance and the majesty of that moment. And king, that's, that's kind of what like, King Solomon's beaten around in. I don't know if he would exercise in it, but anyway, he's beaten around in all that sort of stuff, just flowing with just extravagance. And Jesus is saying, I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these on the left here. See those fields that those two people are sitting in there? That's actually from the, their wildflowers in Israel. So that's the context that Jesus is sitting in and talking about. He says, see, that see those flowers? See that field? See how magnificently that is dressed by God? Solomon, or King Char the king on the right there, he's got nothing, nothing on the beauty and the creativity of God in those flowers. And those flowers, they didn't spin or yarn or work or any or toil. They just sprung to life because God said. Why are you worrying? Jesus, at the end of that little one, he says, Oh, you of little faith. He's not saying, you faithless ones. He's actually saying, I can see a little bit there. But come on, grow up. Grow up. If you want to enter into the generosity of the kingdom of God, it's time to grow up. Jesus here is intentionally calling his disciples to choose to live in the assurance of God's care 
over their underlying frameworks of unbelief and mistrust. He's asking, Jesus is asking for a moment. And if, if he even, if he didn't say it here, but seeing as he mentions Solomon, Solomon in all his wisdom in Proverbs 12 says, anxiety weighs down the heart. Well, he's got that right. So Jesus is inviting us to exchange the heart that's weighed down for the heart that is assured because of the care and the love of God. Jesus is going under after anxiety and unbelief. If God calls for a king who seems so visually opulent and majestic, dressed in the finest of human design and skill and creativity, and yet in comparison to how God can dress a field, our human efforts, while amazing, are a distant second to be trusted in. Next one, thanks, Jake. Distinctly better. Verses 30, 31 and um, 31 and 2. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? Let's just take those three categories, eating, drinking, and clothing. How much of our media, ad streams, pursuit, life goals is all wrapped up around those three things? I think it was the deal then too. That's why Jesus is going after it. It's like been our human issue for a while. It's like eating, drinking and clothing, material possession. To live in a fruitful, anxious, worry-free relationship with Jesus as Saviour, Lord and King is to live a distinctly different way of life and posture. It is distinctly different because we are not worried about what we're eating, we're not worried about what we're drinking and we're not worried about what we're wearing. Because Jesus asks the question in verse 32. He says this, for the pagans run after these things. So the question is, what are we running after? What are we spending all our time and energy and resources pursuing? Jesus wants to know. Because if you want the anxious, worry-free life, then he's inviting you to pursue him and not these things. What are we running after? Is there enough in the pantry? How much is enough in the pantry to stop worrying? Where's the line? Well, that's enough. I don't know. Maybe we need more stock. Um, Enough to drink? How big is the well of our reserves of, of resource? Of drink, how much, how much do we need to be anxious free? What about clothing? Enough to wear. What, how many pairs of shoes, jackets, clothing items do we need to have to be worry free or to feel good about ourselves? How much do we, how, where is the line in all of that? Did you know, by the way, that the average Australian buys every year 15 kilograms of clothing every year. Did you know we buy that? You buy that every year on average. I buy that on average every year. But did you also know that each of us 
uh, are disposing, well, this is according to Clean Up Australia, 23 kilos of clothing each year. I know the maths doesn't seem right there. And that 23 kilograms of clothing that we throw away every year, they're actually having a problem figuring out what to do with it. So they just dig big holes and shove it in. And poor old creation has to try and gulp it down again. But if we just push a bit of dirt over it, it'll disappear, right? On average, we're buying 15 kilos of this, this stuff every year. And then we're throwing away 23 kilos of this stuff every year. Where is the, the clothing security? Where's the line for you? Where's the clothing security? Where's the water security? Where's the food security? Is it in relationships? Is it personal comfort? Is it financial security? What is it we're running after? Where, where are we going? Jesus is like on the hillside inviting people to a distinctly different way to live. Distinctly different. Jesus asks and invites us to live a different way, a better way, a life-giving way, a way that chooses to run to him and live from his sense of care for us out of relationship and intimacy that he is there for us. Distinctly different. Next one, thanks, um, Jake. It's a matter of the heart. And I've got to say thank you to Neil the other Sunday when he was when he was teaching, I wasn't here, but I loved watching back what he was teaching on. He said, because at the end of all of that, he said, this is all about the heart. This is a matter of the heart. And, and this is what Jesus is going after here. He's going after this reality. It's about seeking his kingdom first. Is that the orientation of our heart? Is that the posture that we're leaning towards? With the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe we can. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe we do. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can choose to lean away from unbelief and into the generosity and the kindness of God for our life. And we can live from there. Have you experienced that revelation? Have you experienced that new life? Is it now forming the practices in your pursuits? Is it now becoming your heartbeat? Having experienced the power of God's love and care for you, even this morning as we've considered Jesus' death, life, death and resurrection, have we allowed our heart to come to the place, the new orientation, the new transformation, the new way of living that says, my heart's first beat is toward God. And so I will trust him. And as I do, I enter into a life of generosity. The first beat of our heart. And that heartbeat is uniquely and distinctly different to the, to the, to the heartbeat of this world. That does want to keep us untrusting and bound up in pursuing 
material security or relational security over pursuing Jesus as the Lord. Last one, thanks, Jacob. Uh, sorry, Jake. Navigate today. There's something really helpful in Jesus' wisdom here. He, he, he just says, look, tomorrow has got some stuff to deal with, but don't be so fixated on tomorrow's stuff because you've actually got to walk through today's stuff. And if you don't walk through today's stuff well, guess what will be there tomorrow? Today's stuff. Hello? Hello? I don't know if that's just my experience, but if I don't deal with the things Jesus is inviting me to run into him for provision and mercy and kingdom life and and the power of the Spirit, if I don't run into him for those things today, guess what? They'll be there for me tomorrow when I wake up as well. So Jesus is saying, hey, here's some wisdom. Do today. Do it well. Partner in, 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 in leaning to pursue the kingdom of God first and see the generosity of God's kindness help you navigate this. Because tomorrow there'll be a whole new agenda of things that the kingdom is looking to come and establish itself in. And then through to tell everyone who's watching our lives that God cares. Michelle touched on it in our worship this morning, you know, living in that that tension between Jesus has brought the kingdom. He has brought the fullness of the kingdom. He has inaugurated the kingdom. And yet we are still hungry for the full consummation of the kingdom. We live in this incredible place of tension, and yet forward leaning, we look for the fullness of that consummation of the kingdom to come even right here, right now, today. And so here, in this whole conversation about tomorrow, Jesus is, here's the real question. Do you trust me for your future life? Wow, Jesus, come on. It was only a couple of sentences on the side of a hill, but he's somehow gone and dug up all the big ones and he's really going after it because he wants to abolish. He wants to tear down and abolish anxiety and worry and set us free to live in generosity of the care of God for our lives. That's the good news of the gospel, of the kingdom of God being at hand. There is a generous God who cares for your life and for mine, for all of the bits of our, that our life involves, the good stuff that we love, the tricky stuff that we're finding hard to navigate and we need a bit of wisdom on, and the hard stuff that we'd rather just close our eyes to and pretend wasn't happening, and everything in between. Jesus, on the side of a hill that day, if I was going to go back to the very start, to that very first slide, he's, he says in verse 34, therefore, at the end of it, I tell you, he says it again, do not worry, which is right back where he started again 
after talking about the, hey, guess what? If you, you, can't, you can't serve God and money. Someone has to be the king. Who's it going to be? And then he goes in, do not wor- therefore do not worry. And then he gets to the end of that little conversation point and he says, I wonder if they, my mind goes, I wonder if they broke into small groups at that point and just had a bit of a debrief around what Jesus just said. Because that is a sandwich and a half to digest what he just, what he just gave us there. But really God's inviting you into his kingdom and to his generosity. It's way bigger, way more than about money. Every day has enough, and he does t- use this word, word trouble of its own. And if you wanted to really unpack that, which we don't have time to today, but he's really talking about all sorts of things. Everything from the structure of demonic evil in the spiritual atmosphere. He's also talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness colliding over people's lives, around people's lives, in people's minds, in their bodies in their relationships, in their choices where there's a collision taking place. That word trouble also means, gosh, we didn't plan for that. We just had this misfortune happen, you know, like farmers, you know, they've got all their crops and then a hailstorm just comes and wipes it all out and they're like, oh, the misfortune. Having to deal with misfortune, having to deal with incidental realities that we never planned on, had no control over, trouble. He says, there's plenty of that, but in the midst of that, pursue me and live from my generosity. Do not worry about your life. Last slide. Thanks, Jake. There's just a great little quote from um, John Wimber. We do not seek God's power because the thing is like, oh, gosh, if just I could get some power and we could just deal with that and move on. No, we do not seek God's power power we seek his presence his power and everything else we need is always found in his presence when was the last time could i go back to the second slide um jake the second slide i think it was yeah slide number two good on you mate there it is when was the last time you just stopped and took a good deep breath in and heard the voice of the Lord? I've got all of this. It flows from my heart and it rests in my hands. And I've got all of you and you flow from my heart, and you rest in my hands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for yeah, just the scriptures. I thank you that when we spend a bit of time in them, they really do. There's, there's an invitation to life. There's, a, there's an opportunity here to meet with you and have our lives reorientated and transformed and set free and and empowered to live a distinctly different way than we have when we walked in here and i pray right now holy spirit you would land that conversation for each and every person in this room
For those of us that are really hungry to go, yep, I am ready to down that stuff, that anxiety thing and pursue Jesus. I want the posture of my heart is the pursuit of God in this hour. For those of us in that space and for those of us that right now are wrestling in our mind and in our heart, because we know, God, you're after us. We can feel it. It's like a... We know you're going to run us down with your love. Help us not resist that this morning. Help us to welcome you. You're a good father. You're a loving God. Your economy, the economy of your kingdom is generosity and forgiveness and freedom and deliverance and healing and power and authority. So let your kingdom come today, Lord. Let your kingdom come today. For each and every one of us. I'm just going to stay still for a minute. Just imagine yourself there on the side of that hill. Just taking in that, that view. The birds the wildflowers. Consider them. And then consider how much more valuable you are to the Creator, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just take it in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For some of us in this room, I'm going to just read the words of um, Corrie Ten Boom. She says this. She said, Worry is a cycle of inefficient thinking whirling around a center of fear. Let's read that again. Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a center of fear. If you would like to exchange that center of fear for the centrality of Jesus in your thinking and in your life this morning, I want to invite you, even, you know, this is an invitation to pursuing him. Just maybe where you are, could you just stand up? Because I want to pray specific blessing on you today. The Holy Spirit is here to minister to you specifically today. As he reorientates and transforms your heart and mind into a life of the generosity of God and his care for you. It may be a material thing, it may be a relationship thing, it could be a, a, a you know, in a marriage or, you know, parent child, employer, employee. There's lots of relationships we're in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
So we just now in the, in the name of Jesus, for those of us that are standing up right now, in the name of Jesus, we want to speak to the swirling anxieties around your thinking and around your life and just say in the name of Jesus, all fear be quiet now in the name of Jesus. We speak the peace of the Lordship of Jesus Christ into the very core of your being, even as you're standing right now. We speak the kingdom of God to the very centre of who you are and say, Jesus, establish yourself there, right there. Now, for some of us that are just sitting down near those that are standing, can I encourage you just to move towards those that are standing and I want I just let's just partner with what God's heart is for them for a few minutes together. Just let's move towards them. That's it. Some more up the back there. Quite a few up the back there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We want to pursue Jesus in this moment. Jesus be the center. Jesus be the center. All fear and anxiety and unbelief, it all comes down now in Jesus' name as we turn to the good king. As we t- all the associated powers, they are broken now in the name of Jesus. And we just set you free from them right now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and come into, come into the heart life flowing from the generosity of God's care for your life. Come, Holy Spirit, fill them up now, we pray. Now, those who are praying, just, just go for it. Let the, let the gifts of the Holy Spirit just flow through you there and um, as you minister to them. Otherwise, we're going to say, um, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the vineyard this morning. For those um, that need some ministry, just stay there. No, there's no rush or race to get out of here. But we just say, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the, uh, the vineyard this morning. We're going to just minister to each other for a little while now. Or if you've come and you'd like some prayer for healing, uh, please feel free to either grab someone near you or come on down here and we'll, we'll pray together before you go today. Alrighty. Hey, but thanks for coming to the vineyard. God bless you today as you walk in the generosity of God. Thank you, Lord.